0: Hey everyone, welcome to Group Text. My guest today, I'm just going to jump right in. No one other than Kenya Moore, Real Housewives of Atlanta, now in its 14th season. You are an actor, an author, a producer, a director, a beauty expert, a mom, and now also a CEO of your new beauty brand, Kenya Moore Hair Care, which can be found everywhere, including Walmart.
1: Well, not quite. (laughs) CVS and Sally Beauty, which is in like 20... We're in like
0: 2,200 Sally Beauty stores. But yes, girl, we are doing it. Yes, you are. So this is your 10th season on Housewives. I mean, what made you want to become a part of it in the beginning? Well, it's like my ninth season,
1: but I've been on the show for like 10 years. I skipped a year um, when I had Brooklyn, my daughter... Um, A few years ago. So um, you said what made me want to do it? Yeah. Girl, I think I was just I was in LA. I had been there 100 years. Um, I was acting, producing and everything was, you know, going well, except my personal life. And I just felt like I was in a rut. Like I just I felt like I was just putting on my boots every day and going to work and it was just nothing really happening. And I had family in Atlanta and I said, you know what, I want to move to Atlanta. It was like the new, um, you know, Hollywood of the South. So I said, you know, I can still act if I go there, I can still produce. And when the producers heard that I was, I was coming to Atlanta to live, I had a good girlfriend, uh, Miss Lawrence, that was already on the show and they heard about it and the rest was history.
0: What do you think are the biggest changes you've seen over? We're still going to call it ten years with a with a year yeah. off. What are the biggest yeah. changes you've seen?
1: Oh well, in cast. Well, yes. <laughs> you know there have been some people to come and go, and newcomers that are you know one offs. Um, for a long time, no one ever any new. Uh, girls coming on never lasted more than one season did you chase them off why why do you think that was <laughs> you know our fans are very particular and i think that if the fans don't respond to them they don't get a second a second chance and our show is really hard to cast um we're a lot of you know very big personalities and a lot of times people just don't fit in um, they think that they're going to do well on the show. And then when you actually put them, um, in action and to work, they just kind of fail. And the fans are like, we don't like them. So get them out of here. Wow. <laughs> so that The, the producers don't bring them back.
0: Is it a lot of pressure, especially now to keep it fresh and exciting and different
1: Yeah. It's like a marriage. If you've been married for 14 years, it's like, well, you know, it's the same thing every day. It can seem a little monotonous. So you got to like figure out a way to keep it, to keep it fresh and to keep it new. So do you buy new lingerie? Do you, you know, do you, do you role play? Like what, what do you actually do to, to keep the show fresh?
0: Well, that's, (laughs) that's an interesting, uh, slice of your personal life. (laughs) Actually, Melissa, not really. <laughs> Most people don't hop into just throwing out role play right at the top. You know, to keep it fresh, like role play. <laughs> uh, I
1: never got a chance to do that in my own marriage. <laughs> <laughs> you did? I said I never got a chance oh. to do that in my own marriage. <laughs>
0: oh, well, there you go. Then we'll get into that. So <laughs> when I was reading your bio, it, there was a lot, a couple things that really sp- stuck out to me. And one of the things I am fascinated by is the pageant world. So you started modeling at 14. When did you hit the pageant circuit?
1: At 14, actually. No, actually, I take that back. Um, 13, I entered my first pageant. What was your first pageant? It was Little Miss Black Star. (laughs) I'm from Detroit. Perfect, right?
0: Perfect. (laughs) Perfect.
1: Perfect name from a little black girl from Detroit, Little Miss Black Star. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like from 13 to to probably like 16 or 17, and it was a talent pageant. It wasn't a beauty pageant or anything like that. So you had to to do a performing art, and and I danced, and I entered with all of my you know kids, school friends, and all that, and I ended up coming in as the first runner up. And it was such a great and positive experience that I met all of these cool new girls that I would have never met. I learned great things about, you know, life and just my experiences um, from the pageant world just grew and grew. And I had a great time. It really did ch- change my life, I think, because I-, I was taught things I don't think that I would have ever known if I had not been a pa- in a pageant.
0: What, do you, what, what lesson stands out?
1: Grace, you really? know what I mean? Grace. Grace under fire. Grace under fire. And I think I still have that about me today, especially being on this show, because a lot of times, it, especially in the past 10 years, I have been under a lot of fire. And I think I've shown a lot of grace.
0: I, I would agree. What, who? So it was your idea to enter a pageant or you just you and your friends did it as Lark or Were your grandmother and your aunt behind it? Or what was their reaction like, oh, dear?
1: No, you know, I think it was just all foreign to them. And I think pageants were different. I mean, it was just like um, so prestigious to be in, you know, Miss USA or Miss Universe or Miss Teen USA. I mean, it was just like it was like winning, you know, um, the presidency or something. And in some countries, it's like being... um, a presidential uh, candidate and winner. It's like insane, especially the South American countries where they take care of you for life if you win, uh, you know, a prestigious beauty pageant. Um, but they were very supportive of me. I remember my grandmother, we, we, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And I remember I had to raise money to even, you know, as entry fees. Um, so we would go door to door selling stuff. And I remember my first gown was, you um, bought out of like a thrift shop. What did it look like? It was a wedding gown that we turned into a, a gown. So I just wore it as a gown. It wasn't white. It was like off-white or something.
0: What was your first pageant win?
1: My second pageant. I So I entered one at 13 and my second one, I entered at 15, I think. And I actually won and that was, Oh, God, please let me remember. This is what children do to you at this age. Um, Miss Black World Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you still have the crown? I I don't know if I have that crown. And I just remember the trophy was taller than me. The trophy was like six feet tall. And I remember standing there with my big, um, my big, wedding dress looking dress with this huge humongous trophy it was ridiculous but it was it was so great I could for a long time that trophy but after moving and no one wanted to keep it in their attic anymore <laughs> I, to, I don't know what I had to do with it
0: <laughs> and then you ended up going all the way to Miss USA and Miss Universe I gotta ask what is harder to get ready for
1: Oh, Miss USA for sure. No,
0: a red carpet. Now oh. that you're famous, or a pageant.
1: Oh, that's a good question. I would say the red carpets get easier because as you get older, you get a team, and mm-hmm. they just help you. Um, so I would definitely, definitely say a pageant for sure. Just for sure because you're talking you're you're out there you're on display you're in a bathing suit you can fall you know which I have uh you can fall you can um <laughs> what do you do just get up you can freeze uh during the question portion you can make a fool of yourself so yeah absolutely a pageant it's it's, it's not easy
0: i have fallen on the red carpet so <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> I all those things except for being in a bathing suit are sort of the same as a red carpet absolutely yeah, it's like you, because you're you're being dissected by
1: millions yes you know millions of people and you feel naked even if you're not naked on the red carpet you feel naked
0: exactly
1: so See, her hair was out of place oh you know her her she had a slight chip in her fingernail polish you know just anything.
0: You know what? I'm, I'm going to say, uh-huh, <laughs> considering that used to be part of my show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for people who don't know, and I think a lot of people do know your story, your biological mother had you at 16. You were raised by your aunt and your grandmother. Do you think, what kind of support and love did you get from them to overcome all that and become successful? Was there sort of a, a blueprint for you laid out by those two obviously very strong women, your grandmother and your aunt?
1: Well, well, just a slight correction. My grandmother raised me since okay. I was three years old. So my, my mother gave me away to my grandmother because my mother wanted to give me up for adoption. And my grandmother who had no, she had five boys at that point and no girls. Oh. And she was like, please let me have her. And And at 40 years old, um, she had me and then she found out that she was pregnant with her first girl. Oh dear. She raised together with me. So my aunt, my grandmother's daughter is younger than me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, we, and we were raised in the same home. So that was, a, it was a beautiful story uh, when I found out about it when I got older uh, and my aunt, um, who was my mom's sister, played a very big role in my life. And she also named me because my mom um, didn't name me. So she named me Kenya, she gave me my name and she's been a really um, great influence in my life and just a very positive, strong, smart um, woman and um, compassionate. Um, I don't think that there was a blueprint other than I just think that my grandmother taught me and, and, everything that I went through with my, my mother who did not want to raise me, have any part in raising me even after she became and did not, and, and also denied having a child um, well into her twenties and thirties. Wow. Um, and when I was forced basically into her life later, because my, her mom and other members of her family wanted to know me and my dad wanted me to know my other side of my family, my mom's side, my mother still didn't want that to happen. And so there was a lot of cruelty there because she intentionally, um, she, you know, she wanted to make my life miserable because she did not want my presence And she pretended that I was invisible most of the time. And when I say that, I don't mean figuratively. I mean- Literally. Literally. If I was in the room, she would just pretend I wasn't there. She would make conversation with everyone except for me. Eye contact with everyone except for me. So she just purposely tried to make me feel invisible.
0: Well, you've shown her. Now that you're successful. Yeah. Has she come back around?
1: No. No. Okay. No. Um, you know, it's 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 always changing, you know. Um I have found in the past when I was hopeful and I thought that we, you know, even just to have a conversation, I've never had a conversation with my mother. And whenever I thought that it could happen or a family member tries to put us together, something always happens. For instance, on Mother's Day, this past Mother's Day, um, they were Uh, having Mother's Day instead of at my grandmother's house, my mom's mom's house. um, They were having it at my biological mom's house. So, you know, all of these years later, and she had reached out to me via presents for my daughter, who is my grandchild, um, for a few, like, for Christmas. She sent gifts for Christmas, which was, you know, like, mind blowing for yeah. me um, because I had never been acknowledged by her. So for her to acknowledge, acknowledge my child was big. You know, I was like, this isn't, is this real? Like, is this really happening? Was, you know, it was just very um, overwhelming for me. And I didn't want to have such high expectations like, Oh, this means we're going to finally have a relationship and she's going to know my daughter. And, you know, so I kept my expe- expectations low Um, and then bringing us to Mother's Day, this past Mother's Day, uh, we thought, oh, great. She's going to want to see her grandchild. All the family will be there. A lot of them haven't met my child. Um, so this is a great, you know, this is a great opportunity. And it came down to whether or not we were going to be allowed to come. And she said, no. She said no, we couldn't, we couldn't celebrate Mother's Day at her house. Um, so it was, you know, it's and it, I, it was a, it was pretty low because I felt like, you know, her reasons didn't, you know, it just didn't make any sense. And I could just see that there was just not, there was not a lot of hope there after after going through that. I'm not gonna drag my child through that. No. No. Same thing that I've been through my whole life. Not going
0: to do it. You know, first of all, you know, you're a survivor with a cap- capital S. Yes. A- and how you can be so... Um, letting your, your your brain rule your heart on this is extraordinary. And I would think it's something, especially now that your mother takes on a whole different color... And, you know, thinking how and you seem so healthy about it and protecting your daughter, which is amazing, because I'm guessing you are loving being a mom.
1: Oh, it's I think it was my calling. Like, you know, I could have gone either way. Right. Right. So when you are abused, you can either be another abuser or you can be the complete opposite of that. And thank God I was the complete. I became the complete opposite of that because all I want to do is live for my daughter all I want to do is protect her do everything that they did my family didn't do for me so that is my job to make sure that she's seen that she's happy that she's 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 um, loved that she knows that she's loved that she knows that she's protected everything that i I didn't get from you know, certain people in my family. They didn't protect me from from that. And I think that's, you know, that's what I remember. And the, of course, the pain. And I'm never going to allow my child to be subjected to that.
0: I mean, that's, that's incredible. And you're doing, you know, what I think every therapist in the world would say is the right thing, obviously. And, you know, you hear these stories and, and, and yours. I think it also gives people a lot of drive. Yes. And you've been successful.
1: Honestly, Melissa, I, I think what, what happened and this is after year, you know, years of therapy and you know, you have to, you can't always figure it out for yourself. Tell me about but it. I think because my mother treated me like I was invisible, that made me want to be seen. And so that's, I think why my path, even though I was, you know, this, this gifted student and, you know, learning and all of that came easy to me. I was in, you know, the best schools that, you know, public schools, right. that, you know, that Detroit had. Um, but it's still, I, I could have gone the professional route or the entertainment because I actually loved both. Mm-hmm. And I ended up being in entertainment and whatever that drive was, it, it just was that drive. And the fact that, I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be validated. And that was through entertainment. That was through acting. That was through pageants. That was through, um, you know, the creative arts. And so that's that's really my story. You know, that's what brought me. I guess that's why I'm on such a huge platform now is because that drive in me that you mentioned existed because of the treatment that I received from my mother.
0: Well, uh, you, you brought up being a very good student and could have gone into business. And now, excuse me, not like you're not doing enough. I'm also, excuse me, as CEO, tell me about the new hair care line because my mother has still has, she had, but the, our company still has a great product called good, uh, great hair day. And yeah. it and, and you've now moved into it. And what I've, what I'm is so interesting is you came out and said, you were wearing a wig in one of the episodes and everybody seemed shocked. Like why was everyone shocked? In and I want to hear all about the hair care because women's hair and their identity is so enmeshed.
1: Yes. And here's the funny thing is I think that everyone knows I have an aversion to wigs. Why? <laughs> I literally, I just, it's, I don't know is I love natural hair. I love celebrating natural hair, the hair that you were born with, um, and I just think I got it from my grandmother. I think my grandmother used to always tell us, which is what drove me to have a passion for hair care. My grandmother always said, "Hair is your crowning glory." In that statement, was not a wig. You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what about clip-in extensions? Do those hey, count? <laughs> no. Here's the thing.
1: So because I was an actress. And I went through horrible bouts of people have I had hair for days for you know you can check back from the time I was three years old. I look like you know this uh, Adam's family character, like this little oh, person with all this hair. Right? They still,
0: my friends still call me Cousin It.
1: I still <laughs> right? look like Cousin It. Right? <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I hear you. But our Butter. hair gets destroyed it working. Gets
1: destroyed. I have super long thick hair. And when I was modeling there, they, you know, you would go from person to person, acting person to person. And they would put all this heat and just send your hair all these this um, abuse. And so I had broken hair at some point, And I ended up saying, you know what? I have all this passion for hair care. I am going to develop something that people can get, you know, start to love the hair that they were born with, get your hair healthy again, get your hair growing again, and, and just be proud of the hair that you're, you were born with. Now it's obviously a necessity for actors to protect their hair. Yes. So if you ever see me wearing a wig on TV, it's purely for the, the, for protection of my hair. I'm not going to fry it again. I'm not going to put blonde color in my hair. I'm not going to do all of those things because what they damage your hair and damage causes your hair to break off. Right. So when I was, you know, being funny and transparent, it's like, you can't take that seriously because you know, if I'm not on TV, I'm wearing my own hair. Right. And that's the beauty of it because those are protective styles. And if you can just do it for fun too, but it's, it's, for me, it's always protected.
0: Okay. So now is that <laughs> all your own hair today?
1: Yes, honey. 22 inches of it, honey. Luscious hair. Oh yes. my
0: God. Okay. So tell me how long did it take to develop the product?
1: It took about four. I want to say with the chemist, it took about four years focus groups, testing all of that. Yeah. I wanted it to be right. So it took, it took a long time and I invested in myself. I used my own money um, instead of going out and buying, you know, designer handbags um, and shoes. I use my earnings. I put away a little bit at a time to invest in myself. So I'm, I'm sole owner of my company um, founder and CEO, and we're now in over Three, almost four thousand retail doors, and growing. Which is
0: crazy.
1: Yeah, we're in CVS. We just launched in CVS about uh, six months ago, and we're going to be developing lines for other major retailers. So it's 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 insane, but the products work, and it's because there's love behind it. Um, our you know our story is pure. You know we want people to love their hair. We, yeah. our Products
0: work. Yeah. So taking being a mom off the t- table. Yes. Of all of the things that you've been a part of, whether it be acting, reality, pageants, CEO, director, what is your, if they had to put a, a Chiron up and you could only pick uh, one thing to have put up there. Ah. Uh, what would it be? Because I get to ask that question all the time. Well, what do you want us to list you as? I'm like, I don't know.
1: That's easy. That's easy. I w- Well, can is this cheating CEO mom?
0: No, you can't put mom on there.
1: Okay. You can't put mom? No,
0: because everyone, would, I would say the same. I'm like, no, well, mom. But like, CEO- no, I'm taking mom off the table.
1: CEO and I'll tell you why I, yes I was the second black woman to win Miss USA yes and in, in in, to me that was a huge accomplishment especially in the 90s when black wasn't really still you know beautiful as it is now and accepted as it is now and because I'm a chocolate black woman you know unmistakably black as I call it black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm black black uh- <laughs> Uh, (laughs) no slight to anyone that's not no but you're 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 full
0: there's no i'm
1: just saying i'm chocolate yeah you you know um you when you see me you know with this dark skin you know that i'm a black girl um and uh i think um at the time, that was a major yes. accomplishment for me because it's something that I had dreamed of ever since I, you know, started um, entering pageants. However, you can't put that down on, on, on the one Chiron, right? It's, it's just one word, right?
0: No, I mean, it could be, you know, CEO of and then the name of your project or Miss USA and the date. Oh, gosh. So, but you said CEO.
1: i'm gonna have to go with former miss usa
0: okay um so you've done a number of reality competition shows we dancing with the stars um celebrity apprentice (laughs) you and i have that in common
1: yes we do we do we do we have that in common
0: (laughs) i always people don't understand at least for me It was one of the hardest jobs I ever had.
1: Absolutely.
0: Because you're exhausted.
1: Exhausted. And I don't even know if it was legal what they were doing to us at the time, but it was at least a 16 hour day.
0: Six days a week.
1: Six days a week. And also it was so strenuous and just physically demanding. People don't even realize that just mentally also, because, you know, I'm, I'm a huge competitor. And so, you know, I play to win. So I probably put a lot of that stress on myself, but our feet for the women, our feet became so swollen from being on our feet, all those hours in heels. Within about a week, we could no longer fit our shoes. We had to buy flats or shoes because our feet were so swollen from running around New York, trying you know trying to get all the you know all the tasks done and stuff. So it was exceptionally hard. It's, Um,
0: It's also emotionally so difficult. So like it was
1: emotionally difficult, but you know what? It was it was training. I, I mean, it was par for the course because on Housewise, I felt like it was the same kind of battlefield. Really? And so I'm really ready because, and on Housewise, just think about it. On Housewise, especially in my position, I felt like people were always coming at me, right. you know, or as we say, coming for you. Yes. Or as I, I made mean it up, uh, <laughs> don't come for me unless I send for you. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and so, I think I already had training in that area because of all of the people that were coming for me on my show. So I was prepared for all of the people to come for me on Celebrity Apprentice. And I was really confident in my task because I I just felt like I was, I thrived there. Right. I felt like I, I I think it was a great fit for me at the time.
0: What people I always ask, never know about, and, and I get asked that every now and again is that we would shoot as you did too. One episode in two days. Yes. So you were these tasks like it was crazy how fast you had to get everything done. And then on the completely and total shallow side, the women always had to start an hour and a half before the men because of hair and makeup, and makeup, and yes. our off days all had to be anytime you could do any kind of self maintenance, nails, hair, hair color. Just what just I mean, sleep. just sleep. Well, sleep. <laughs> It was amazing how emotional it got. That surprised me of how, and I'm sure a lot of it is because we were all super tired, but how personal it got. Like, it got, it gets vicious.
1: Yeah, it got vicious. And, um, you know, I, I saw some things on that show and I was shocked, you know, but, you know, it was a competition show and I think that, you know, myself included, we definitely played to win. And I think you had to be a little bit, uh, I don't want to use the word conniving, but you definitely had to, you had to play other people out of position.
0: Yes. Yes, you did. I'm
1: very good at that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, It's all crazy. So one of the things you've started working with, you went through IVF. Mm-hmm. And now you're part of a charity that what exactly does it do? Baby Quest Foundation.
1: I love this charity um, so much. And, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Baby Quest is pretty much like a one man show. Um, the founder and, and CEO who runs the company, Pamela Hirsch, is started this company because of issues that her daughter was having at the time, getting pregnant, who eventually needed a surrogate, but surrogacy, the going rate now, I don't know when her daughter had it, but I'm, I'm guessing it was probably six figures, but the going rate now is about $130,000 for a surrogate. And who can afford that? You know what I mean? So um, even just having an IVF treatment or one round is upwards of $25,000, $30,000. So what BabyQuest does? It provides um, bridge gap, you know, funding for people who need um, uh, treatment for infertility. So if you need, um, you know, sperm donation, if you need a surrogate, uh, if you need IVF rounds, things like that. Every everything under the sun. Uh, is what they provide. And I love it because they're so inclusive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're black or white or Asian or Hispanic or whatever you are. You're gay, you're straight, you're a couple, you're you're not married, you're single. They don't discriminate. And I loved, and that was just so drawn to their story and all of the people that they've helped. And through them, I was able to provide a um, a sponsorship uh, or I should say a grant, excuse me. Um, and I have one baby that I'm responsible <gasps> for, for bringing into this world, um, because of my grant. So I'm, I'm so excited to be an ambassador for that company. And hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm going to continue bringing or helping to bring babies into the world for people who can't afford it.
0: I just fully got the chills. That's amazing.
1: It's so amazing to to see, you know, and I, I don't think that you should not be able to live your dreams because you, you can't afford to. I mean, it, we live in the USA and other countries provide IVF treatments for for you know their their citizens, but unfortunately the US um, primarily doesn't now, some insurances might. I'm not exactly most don't, sure, yeah. But for the most part, they don't.
0: Okay, so before I let you go.
1: So please go to babyquest.org and make a donation. Yes. And, and even if it's small, even if it's $20, please.
0: Every dollar helps.
1: Yeah, every dollar helps.
0: Okay, so 51.
1: <laughs> Young
0: child. Are you dating?
1: <laughs> um, I can't say that I'm dating. I'm definitely I'm definitely starting to like Go out in group situations. Um, you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> so, what are you looking for? Tell it, get, put out the plea. What are you looking for?
1: I'm looking for anyone that it that has at least one good eye. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a bit of a low bar.
1: It has a heartbeat. <laughs> Now it could be a, a weak heartbeat, but a heartbeat nonetheless. <laughs>
0: Got it. Okay, so can see out of one eye. Seems to be alive.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Yeah, I, I I love kind men. You know, I I love a kind man that is funny, kind, considerate. Um, obviously, loves children, adventurous, and. Um, and then, you know, just wants to spoil me, you know what I mean? Just when I say spoil, like open, these are things we take for granted, but I don't like opening the car door and planning a date, putting the phone down. I like a grown sexy kind of date, you know, I don't want someone who is like a teenager. You sit down and they're on their phone the whole time. The phone is on the table, but facing up like you know, no, I don't want any of that. If I go out on a date and someone has their phone out, I'm just going to walk out and they'll never see me or hear from me again.
0: I um, I hear you. I'm actually having that experience for the first time in my life. Yes. Like an adult.
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy. I think I want an adult. I want an adult man who has old-fashioned values.
0: Oh, I. Yeah. every time I'm like, well, what do you want to do for dinner? He's like, oh, I made a reservation. I'm like, whoa. Like, I don't have that's to, great. I don't have to do everything.
1: Yes. though that's amazing. Like, I don't mind someone saying, where do you want to go? But I don't want to make the plans. If you're taking me out, then you make the plans. Right. Surprise. I don't care. where. Honestly, I'm open. I don't really care where we go. Just, I don't want to, I don't want to do any planning.
0: Yeah. But we'll always say like, well, what are you in the mood for? I'm like, I don't care, whatever. And he'll be like this, this, or this. And I'm like, okay, that. And then he'll be yeah. like, oh, made a reservation, opens the car door. Like, I- and it, but I gotta tell you, from living a life where people I've been with haven't done that, it's very um, odd. You have to get used yes. to letting someone do it for you. Really? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm always like, we're gonna be in a parking lot or whatever. I'm like, no, no, I got it, I got it. He's like, no. And yeah, it's just, it's 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 refreshing in a wonderful way.
1: It really is. Like, I, like, I just like a, ma- a man's kind of man, you know, a, a gentleman, I should say. Yes. I like a gentleman. And so as long as they, you know, chivalry should not be dead, no. old-fashioned values, and just taking your time. Like, you know, I'm not trying to jump into the sack with someone. I, 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 I'm just, I've never been that girl. I will never be that girl. Um, and I just want to take, you know, take the time to get to know someone, spend time. Right. And then we'll decide if, you know, if it goes, you know, into anything else. But right now, just fun, friends, and, and I just want to have fun right now. And fun doesn't mean I just want to have sex. Fun just means (laughs) I just want to have fun. Cause I know sometimes that's cold for I just want to have sex. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I want to be free. I want to enjoy my life. I want to have, you know, great dinners and fun conversation. But I don't, you know, I'm not trying to
0: plan my my whole life right now well what you've planned so far has been amazing don't forget (laughs) kenya Moore hair care is blowing off the shelves check it out you are cvs sally's everywhere else i'm sure if they go to your website you will point them to where they can get it
1: absolutely
0: Kenya this has been so much fun thank you so much
1: thank you so much good to see you again you too ahuda media production